0: Now batting number 17, Chris Bryant. Will we ever hear that again at Wrigley Field? Have you heard the rumors swirling about the former Cubs third baseman? Locked on Cubs next. You are locked on Cubs. Your daily Chicago Cubs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning and a happy Thursday to you. This is Locked On Cubs. I'm your host, Andrew Bellison. Welcome in to the show. Before we get any further, I want to take this opportunity very quickly to thank you for making Locked On Cubs your first listen every day, including today. This episode is brought to you by True Bill. True Bill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need, and can even negotiate better deals on those you do want to keep. True Bill, thank you for making us. Your first watch of the day. Remember, we are free and available anywhere you find your favorite podcast. So please download us today. I can't thank you enough for being with us every morning. It means a lot. Happy Thursday to you. Great show on tap today with Locked On Sports. At least I think so. I put it together. Uh, Guy Fieri stops by to help us run down our ballpark food tour and continue that. Not really, but I'm just channeling my inner Guy Fieri from Food Network. Get your scuba gear ready because we're going to take a deep dive into the Cubs bullpen of 2022 and what it might look like and what they should do from today on to reshape that pen a little bit. And the Chris Bryant rumors, have you heard them? They're out there swirling. Should this excite us or no? I break this down why it's very possible that a reunion could happen on the North side. First and foremost, Have you heard the goings-on? Let's dive right in, okay? Baseball insider Robert Murray, in regards to a potential reunion with Chris Bryant on the north side, said this. This is something I've been working on behind the scenes for some time. I was told by somebody who would know Chicago, I would not rule it out, and it's been on my mind ever since. I'm tracking that one, he said. That's interesting. Robert Murray shed some light on a topic that many of us, I suppose, had wondered about. And that's bringing Chris Bryant back to Wrigley Field. Well, I have to ask you then, is this what you wanted to hear? Does this excite you? Should it excite us? I mean, a reunion with KB would be peaches, right? I mean, that's that's what we all want. I don't know. Let's dig a little bit further. The Cubs seem fairly committed, and Jed Hoyer has mentioned this at length, to spending some money this offseason. So that's the good news. They do not have a lot of money committed to payroll for the 2022 season. So there are funds out there to spend, in other words. Based on some of the experts' contract estimates, um, they're looking at Bryant anywhere between, say, six- to eight-year deals. With an average annual salary of 24, 25 million. So, depending on the length of the contract, they're predicting the experts 140 ish, say, to 200 million, depending on the duration and where he were to end up. Here's why this would be a good move, say. For the Cubs and why it would make sense. Before we get any further, too, just want to remind you please interact with us on social media at Chicago Cubs PA, at Lockdown Cubs on Twitter. We want to hear from you. It makes what we do here more fun. So please get with us, talk to me. Let's have some fun. The free agent class next year uh, after the 2022 season is extremely underwhelming. Um, I, I want to say that it's headlined probably by Trey Turner. And that's somebody that might even be locked up with an extension before then anyways It might not even hit the market. So I think you're going to see a lot of teams, as we saw a little bit of a, a spending spree before the lockout, i.e. the Mets, um, take a, a spend now approach in relation to maybe putting things off and waiting because this free agent class of 2022 um, is not the best. So there's, there's one, that's one reason this could happen. The Cubs could open the pocketbook again for KB. There was also much made about Chris and some of the other faces of the core before they were dealt away being a little PO'd um, about how things went down with the team upon leaving. While there might be truth to this, um, there have been multiple reports, though, since then saying that after Jed kind of took the – The helm last year, the communication channels between the players and the front office opened significantly and players relished in this. So if there was bad blood uh, with with some of those guys in terms of the trades that took place at the deadline in 2021, it seems that since Jed and company have taken over that baseball ops department, the communication has opened And, and obviously talk is key. So players that are still with the organization, obviously much prefer that. Uh, let's face it. Why else does this make sense? KB's connection to Chicago is strong. I mean, let's not forget this. He's played his entire career here up until last year. We love him. He loves the city. He's made no, you know, Not hidden that at all. So, you know, that's another reason where this this reunion could potentially take place. Again, let me remind you, baseball insider Robert Murray said that he's been working on this behind the scenes and was told by somebody who would know Chicago, I would not rule it out in terms of a Chris Bryant-Cubs reunion. Here when spending and the lockout ends and the free agent period is allowed to continue. Now, let me say this. Here's why I'm not hugely on board with this. You know, I said in the open, should this excite us? Well, on the surface, yeah, it should. I mean, this is Chris Bryant. This is, you know, one of the faces of your franchises for so long. Dealt him away. You want to welcome him back, right? This is why I don't love this. This is kind of a three-parter. You still have a ton of holes to fill. Namely, at shortstop. And lock up your catcher, I hope, Wilson Contreras. I don't want a KB reunion to take away from money that could be allocated towards another position, say, shortstop, where we see the Cubs maybe make a strong push for a Carlos Correa type or a Trevor Story. Now, is that feasible? Maybe. Some experts have Story going elsewhere, possibly the Mariners. I've heard that floated around. But Correa and the Cubs were linked, and he's going to get big money. I mean, we know this. We discussed this on the show earlier in the week. So, locking up even, you know, 140 to 160 million in KB, if that's going to take away from their ability to go out and get the shortstop that they need next year, then I don't love it. We don't know if that would be the case or not. Maybe the pockets are deeper than we think and the hands are further in the pockets than we realize, in which case, hey, you know, let's do both if, if it's that easy. I don't know if that's necessarily a solution or not. But assuming they are capped and you cannot do both, can't have your cake and eat it too, then I prefer to explore other options, meaning shortstop predominantly. Additionally, there has been a lot of chatter, even though the lockout is in full swing, we'll call it that although nothing's really happening about the Cubs being linked to left-hander Danny Duffy, starting pitcher, Kansas City Royals. I'd relish the opportunity to have him added to the rotation with Marcus Stroman, with Wade Miley, with Kyle Hendricks, throw Duffy in the mix there after this lockout ends. If that's, if that, if those rumors, if there's any truth to them, I'd much rather have that option and the shortstop option over KB. This is no knock on Chris Bryant. Having Chris Bryant back in Chicago in Wrigley would be awesome. I mean, man, that would be a cool reunion. And I don't think any Cub fan would not want to see that necessarily. But if it's going to strap them from doing some of the other things that we know they need to do and they know they need to do as well, then I'm not a huge fan of it. But with that said, we don't know how deep. They're going to go spending wise, so maybe, maybe you can go for all three. We don't know. We'll see how this plays out. Interesting rumors. Hey, this is all we got. We're locked out. We're drawing at straws here. We'll have to have to wait and see uh, see how this plays out. Only time will tell. Up next, I want you to get your scuba gear ready. We're going to take a deep dive into the Cubs bullpen of 2022. I'm going to share some ideas with you of the route I would go. To reshape it before we talk about that though i want to uh take a moment to remind you that bet online has you covered for all season long props odds lines better than ever before bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action all season long make sure you head to their new updated desktop and mobile sites to sign up today and you'll receive a 50 percent deposit bonus on your first deposit. That's right, 50%. All you have to do is use promo code locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. From basketball to football to the National Hockey League, boxing, UFC, right to all of your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. I don't know if you've heard about Stance Apparel lately, but they just launched a brand new line of awesome active apparel. Plus, it's holiday gifting time, and Stance is literally the coolest gift that you can give. Everything is so comfortable. Their hoodies, their joggers, their shirts, their socks, so well made, and it's different than the boring old socks, underwear, and apparel that we always have to settle for come holiday season. Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style, and self-expression because after all everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel they have a great new collection few of them actually batman the goonies star wars major league baseball check them out today stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in those who feel good do good Go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use promo code locked at checkout. L O C K E D O N stance.com 15% off. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with stance. Lockdown Cubs rolls on after this. Welcome back, everybody, Locked on Cubs. I'm your host, Andrew Bellison. Great to have you with us here on this Thursday morning. Please interact with us socially at Chicago Cubs PA on Twitter and also at Locked on Cubs. If you'd like to watch the podcast, please do that as well. We're at Locked on Cubs on YouTube. We'd love to have you join us there as well. Not that you want to look at me for 28 minutes, but if you do, that's the place to do it. So do you have your, your mask and your oxygen tank because we're diving down deep. It's time to take a look at the Cubs bullpen of 2022. To the naked eye, things are really bad, right? No, not necessarily. There's one constant in life I get. Well, there's several constants in life. Taxes, death, and every Major League Baseball team saying that they need bullpen help every winter. But it's true. Things for the Cubs and their bullpen are not as sour as they seem or as sour as they got in the middle of last year. Let me remind you, real quick. This baseball team was 38 and 28, 10 games over 500, as late as June of the 2021 season. 38 and 28, pretty darn good. That was due in large part, obviously before the fire sale, but that was due in large part to the, the success the bullpen had. I mean, let's face it. These starters on this club were not going deep into games, and the bullpen was really eating the slack. Kimbrell, Tapera, Chafin, all dealt away. They seemed like automatic, right? If you got them the ball mid-sixth on, seven, eight, nine, it was like done deal. Here's the good of what we have here. Cody Hoyer. Solid back half guy came over from the Sox in the Kimbrell deal. He's very much a part of the mix here in 2022. Rowan Wick, healthy again, got healthy towards the end of last year after several lingering injuries, most notably uh, an oblique issue. Then you got the young guns, say, that can be pieced into this in several different spots. Potential rotation pieces, if not slide over to the bullpen to make the bullpen that much better. These guys I'm talking about are your Keegan Thompsons, Justin Steele, uh, Adber Alzali, whom I'm a big fan of. I think we're going to see really good things from him um, moving forward. Again, all candidates for the rotation, but a Duffy signing, you know, a Danny Duffy signing, which we talked about a little while ago would slot them into longer relief and therefore beef your bullpen up that much as well. So that's why it'll be interesting to see how the free agent market with the rotation pans out to see the final shape here of the Cubs pen. Braylon Marquez will be used according to Jed all over. If healthy, he's a pitching weapon, he calls him. Um, So that'll be interesting to see too, as, as, as long as he is, ready to go physically 100%. Uh, bottom line here is, you know, on the surface, you might think, oh, Cubs bullpen. The base is there, really. The foundation is set, and I think there's a lot of reason for optimism in 2022 of what we can expect from this group. With that said, always like to add a veteran or two to the mix, and and Jed has mentioned the importance of a good mix, bringing in some veterans to gel with these younger guys. Example, uh, an Andrew Chafin from a year ago. Um, So here's my ideas from a handful of guys that might make sense to bring in and mesh with this young core that is already primed to to take another big step into 2022. This one is easy. It's on the list. It's kind of like if you can't beat him, join him thing. What about Kenley Jansen? Another spectacular year in 2021. Plenty still left in the tank after he had, you know, some doubters going into last season. Last year, as a matter of fact, check out these numbers, 69 innings, which was the third most of his entire career. Um, And only seven plus innings shy of his high water mark, which came back all the way in 2013. So clearly he's healthy. Um, Along with that incredible ERA, 222, best mark he's had since 2017 and 2016, where he had 183 and 132, respectively, in the ERA department. So, I mean, Kenley, you know, a guy that we've seen on the opposite side with the Dodgers for so long and how tough he is, kind of think of him at the back end of this pen with some of those guys that are already in place that we talked about, that could be pretty scary. This next plan, you know, if Jansen is going to get big, big money, and you just don't want to invest like that in the pen because you never know from year to year which is true out of those roles. This is kind of a two-parter. So 1A, bring back Andrew Chafin, right? Dealt him to the A's at the deadline. Bring the sheriff back to town. He's definitely someone the Cubs should target, in my opinion, um, and at least make a phone call once the lockout's over. Like I said, Tapera, to Chapin, to Kimbrell last year almost ensured the Cubs a victory if you got them the ball from the sixth inning on. They were great before the deals were made at the deadline. Love to bring him back in as a, a mentor and a very quality pitcher as well out of that pen. If you went that route, how about a coupling that with a Ryan Tepera reunion? Tepera, again, and Chafin had so much success together. He was a, a key piece of that Cubs three-headed monster at the back of the bullpen. Um, he went on to put really even better numbers up after the deal to the South side as he went over to the White Sox and the Kimbrel deal. In a Cubs uniform, he had a 290 ERA. With the Sox, he worked to a two and a half mark which was really great, all told 279 for the year last year, establishing himself really before the trade as as a legitimate bullpen arm. And you bring those two back, familiar surroundings, had good success. I like that tandem to mix with what you already got. Just a thought. We'll see how it shakes out. If you don't want to garner big-time cash in a guy like Jansen, which I get, I mean, that's scary, this would potentially allow you more flexibility. it's it's not. Neither of those guys are going to uh, command big, big, big money. Not Jansen type money, you would think. I've always been a little leery of putting big time coin into one guy coming out of the pen. There's so much flux and change from one year to the next outside of a handful of guys who have this su- sustained success out of major league bullpens that maybe. A group of guys at a lesser contract for each is the smarter way to go. We'll see. Here's my wild card pick for the Cubs' bullpen. Michael Givens. Rockies traded to the Reds down the stretch as they tried to make a playoff push last year. Veteran guy. Made the move full-time to pitching in 2015. Fastball slider change. Higher leverage guy, not a ton of save opportunities or situations for him, but has found success in the bullpen since becoming a full-time pitcher. Now, strong back half guy. Here's the key, in my opinion, here. Only made $4 bucks last year. Drawing interest from the Phillies and the Royals. Is he going to make more than four this year? Probably, but it's a cheaper option going forward with a huge potential upside. I like the idea of this. Again, we'll see how all this unfolds. You know, GM legacies, in my opinion, often hinge on how they continue to manage their respective bullpens throughout the course of a season and years after years upon years. Um, I wouldn't call this a total rebuild project by any means. I think the base is there. And I think the Cubs bullpen of 2022 can resume the success they had in the first half of 21 with a little bit of help. And you bet that the uh, Jet and company, excuse me, are going to go out there and make that happen as soon as this lockout is lifted after this i channel my inner guy Fietti as our ballpark food tour rolls on top 20 here we come this is locked on cubs i'm andrew bellison <clears throat> pleasure to have you with us back here on locked on cubs andrew bellison at chicago cubs pa at locked on cubs on twitter Just can't thank you enough for downloading the show every day. I love spending the morning with you, even though it's only 20, 25 minutes. We want to hear from you, so please interact with us socially. If you like the podcast, please tell your friends. If you don't, well, then please don't. Well, tell them anyway. Maybe they'll have a different different opinion than you then. We've been going around ballparks virtually in the major leagues to rank their food choices, um, worst to first, best offerings, and then the best offering at each of those parks. We finally reached the top 20. So here we go. We're going to pick it up. The number 20 best ballpark for food in Major League Baseball takes us out west a little bit to Denver. Coors Field in Colorado. Simple approach. Their best item, though, the Helton Burger. It fits, right? One of the best players, if not the best player in franchise history. They have a ton of unique offerings there. It's a really cool ballpark if you haven't been. Obviously, the scenery speaks for itself. They have a bona fide brewery right on premises where Blue Moon actually itself was first crafted. You want to get brave Rocky Mountain Oysters, which are essentially deep fried bull testicles. No joke. Maybe you don't have the palate for that. They're they're, they're available if you do. If you're looking for more classic baseball fare, it's the Helton Burger. Number 17, as simple as it gets. Diced onion, sliced pickle chips, special sauce. You can't go wrong with a burger at a ball game. The Hilton Burger and Coors Field come in at number 20 on our list. Fast forward, way out east now, down to 19. We're in the teens. Fenway Park in Boston. Overall, 19 out of 30 for their food offerings. What's the best item at Fenway Park? A Fenway Frank. Keep it simple. A classic. Dating back to the Babe Ruth era enough said our ballpark tour rolls on to number 18 and we head back west a little bit and south to globe life field in texas what's the best item they have in their concession offering it's called a boomstick that's right maybe you've never heard of this but legit it's a ba two foot long hot dog no joke check this out on google if you haven't seen it google boomstick at Globe Life Field. The dish itself is Globe Park's originally notorious boomstick that comes, get this, soaked with chili and cheese, and it's probably the best thing available at the ballpark. It is definitely a heart doctor's best friend, but if you're into oversized hot dogs, smothered in chili and cheese, this is for you. Finally, number 17, final stop for the day. We come back to the Midwest and head up north to our buddies at Wrigley North, Miller Park, I'm sorry, American Family Field in Milwaukee. They have something called brachos. And I'll be honest, I've always liked Miller Park. I think it's a nice place to watch a game, easy in and out, tailgating as fun as it gets. If you haven't had a bracho, this is kind of how I would describe it. This is their best offering. You're in cheese land. You have to indulge in what they do best. It's a fried wad of cheese, essentially. Seasoned ground beef, crushed Doritos, and sour cream on a six-inch toothpick. It's it's like a deep-fried plastic bag, essentially, dancing in the wind. I mean, this is only in Milwaukee. So, if your arteries aren't clogged enough from the two-foot hot dog smothered in chili and cheese from Globe Life Field in Texas, head to uh, American Family Field, get a Bracho, and maybe then go take a walk and digest a little bit. Our food tour rolls on tomorrow. We pick up with number 16 on our list, counting down closely, almost to the top 10. Happy Friday tomorrow. Food tour is going to continue, and we'll take a look at the Rule 5 draft results, which is uh, uh, baseball news this week. And additionally, we're going to take uh, a closer in-depth look at the Cubs' potential starting rotation in 2022, and some moves they could make or might make once the lockout is lifted in that department. Can't thank you enough for being with us again today. It's a pleasure every day and every morning. I hope you join us again tomorrow. I'm Andrew Bellison. Thank you for listening to Locked Cubs. I suggest right now you make your second listen to the day, Locked On Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling, It's free and available on all platforms. Have a wonderful Thursday. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye, everybody.